Hey guys, James Intracasso here. Before we begin the podcast, I wanted to let you know about something really cool we're cooking up over here. It's called The Tome Show Presents The Round Tables Tarask Takedown 2014, colon, Mike Shea Out for Blood. On Sunday, September 21st at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, live via Google Plus Hangout and on YouTube, Mike Shea of SlyFlourish.com will DM roundtable panelists Joe Lestowski, Topher Cohen, Chris Dudley, and myself in a D&D 5th edition level 20 one-shot against nasty legendary creatures culminating in an epic clash against that baddest of the baddies, the Tarask. We wanted to see how high-level play worked in the new edition, and this seemed to be the most fun way to do it. So, come check it out live on Sunday, September 21st at 7.30pm Eastern, or find it later at youtube.com slash director of shield. That's youtube.com slash director of shield. All this information will be in the show notes on thetomeshow.com. Okay, let's start the podcast. Hello, welcome to the D&D Roundtable presented by The Tome Show. I'm your host, James Intracasso. Please use the affiliate links on thetomeshow.com whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Just go to thetomeshow.com, click on the links in the show notes for this episode or any other, and then shop as you normally would. We'd also like to thank our sponsor for this podcast, noblenight.com, where out of print is available again. They have D&D and other tabletop RPGs. Any edition, any product. With Noble Knight, you can even sell them back your old gaming products you aren't using anymore. Today, we're talking about the Tyranny of Dragons update and the Neverwinter MMO. And we've got an interview with the game's EP, Rob Overmeyer. But first, let's meet our panel. Rudy Basso. Greetings. Topher Cohen. Yo. And Alex Basso. Hello. Alright guys, today's get to know you question... What character are you playing in the Neverwinter MMO? Rudy Basso, let's start with you. Uh, I'm playing the Scourge Warlock as a half-elf because half-elves get a bonus to the charisma, and they're my favorite class, and the Warlock's main ability score is charisma, so it all worked out really well for Rudy. Topher Cohen, what are you playing in the Neverwinter MMO? My main class is a elf hunter-ranger, and she's uh, just hit level 60, so yeah, it's kind of fun. Nice, and that is the highest level currently in the Neverwinter MMO. So that's yes, it is pretty awesome. And Alex Basso, what are you playing in the Neverwinter MMO? Uh, so my main character is a human because I love humanity. Uh, guardian fighter <laughs> who uh, you know rocks a awesome huge shield and super tough plate armor. He's like a walking tank. Can't touch him. Nice, and that is awesome that you can't touch him, and he's got <laughs> super sweet plate armor. Let's talk about the Neverwinter MMO overall, guys. Let's talk about what's great, what's bad, what did you like, what didn't you like, what makes it different than other MMOs. We'll start with the good stuff. And Rudy Basso, let's start with you. What did you love about the Neverwinter MMO? As someone who's been around the block with the massively multiplayer games, um, I was really kind of burnt out on the whole ability scores, get a million different things, press a bazillion buttons for your rotation. And so when I went into Neverwinter, I was very pleasantly surprised that there will, you only have six active abilities at a time, and really only five 
active abilities and one that is built up and then used at a certain point. It's really uh, simple by comparison, but at the same time really elegant because there's a lot of customization on what your abilities are. There's a lot of different builds for your characters within your class. It's a really uh, neat and different approach to combat than a lot of other MMOs, which is good because I feel like that style is definitely starting to get become more and more obsolete and people are really getting bored of it. Nice, nice. That's really great to hear. Alex Basso, what was great for you about the Neverwinter MMO? Uh, so, I mean, I grew up Rudy. I, I enjoy the combat. And one aspect of our, I really enjoy is um, just like the look and feel of everything. Uh, the game itself has like, it just, I'd say it has like a weight to it. When you hit another character, the sound is great. The, you know, the look of everybody, the way your characters swing their weapons, it all looks and feels very, very weighty, which I think a lot of MMOs kind of lack. So that that was definitely a, diff- a great feel that's different from the other games. And because, as Rudy said, it, it's a little, you know, there's not as many abilities. You don't have to constantly be looking at your cooldowns on your, your you know, global cast bar or whatever. You can watch and appreciate this combat more and you can always kind of keep an eye on everything. Uh, and another aspect of the game I really enjoy is um, there's a separate website, a Neverwinter Gateway, where that you can go to. That where you can uh, interact with your character, um, you can perform any crafting professions you have. Uh, you can even sell stuff from your inventory. Uh, use the auction house. There's even another. There's a built-in mini game that uses your your companion characters that you can play, and is actually pretty fun on its own. Uh, and that's just another feature that I don't think I've really ever seen replicated uh, in any other game, and I really enjoy that. Telfer, what did you love about the Neverwinter MMO? I agree with both those guys. The mechanics are really simple to learn. As someone who comes, who's also a active MMO player, I've been playing for years, playing WoW since launch, playing SWOTOR, uh, Star Wars Old Republic since launch. Um, I I was kind of refreshing to not have to memorize lots and lots of keys. But the thing I really loved is I'm a big lore nerd for the Forgotten Realms, and I love the fact that I can go in and do things like you know interact with NPCs that I've read about in novels or do storylines that have some correspondence to the things that I was doing in Dean Encounters before. And I, I really liked that part. I liked that, the fact that it felt like it was a world I knew, and that was really cool to me. Rudy, let's start with you once again. What didn't you like about the Neverwinter MMO? I think the voice acting is not great. Um, sometimes the quality of the recording itself seems like it's in somebody's garage, uh, other times, actually often, the acting itself is not particularly well done. Um, I understand that it's a fantasy world, but people are really putting on this ridiculous uh, upper English class kind of thing that kind of, you know, I guess is the standard for someone who wants to do a and d voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a result, a lot of people sound the same, and they sound ridiculous. So... Um, <laughs> I, I'm a little disappointed there. I think Old Republic did a really good job with the voice acting, and it has yet to be matched. And uh, Neverwinter doesn't really come close. Alex Basso, what were your complaints about the Neverwinter MMO? I mean, I'll agree with Rudy first on the voice acting. I actually think he's a little kind on it. I think it's awful. I cannot turn that voice acting off fast enough. It is just, and I know it's a little mean, but it's really bad. In any way, I think the game itself, uh, it can be a little bit, overwhelming it has so many kind of systems that aren't involved with combat you know professions uh, enchanting systems you know auction house companions it's got all of this stuff and uh for someone who's kind of new to the genre or maybe hasn't played for a bit you know they really kind of 
they do give you tutorial quests and you they are all spaced out over the first couple of levels but um it can kind of if you don't pay attention it can definitely kind of overwhelm you and along with that there's also many different currencies in the game uh there's uh you know gold there's astral diamonds there's the zen which is what you can buy with money um along with that there's tons and tons of currencies that you get through dungeons for pvp um and it's just it's a little too much and i mean eventually you get to learn everything but at first you're just like what is going on why is my wallet and my inventory have all these weird symbols Topher, how about you? What are your quibbles with the Neverwinter MMO? Well, mine range from the really nitpicky of the fact that I can't, you know, change my perspective using my mouse wheel like you can in most MMOs. To you know, and in between going the fact that I can't do, I can't, you know, quick travel to the main city. The main city where you do most of your questing is a place called Protector's Enclave within the cities of Neverwinter. And you have to go to um, an entrance of a of a um, questing area to get back there, and sometimes that's a, a pretty decent, you know, hefty trek back. And there's no flight mechanic, there's no flight points, there's no quick travel points. So I find that kind of odd and frustrating, very frustrating, really. And then, as I said earlier, I just got my first character to level sixty, and so I there's no clear path of what to do next. Mm-hmm. Uh, I um was. Uh, when I went to Commander Knox, who you get most of your quests from after I turn 60, I don't know if this was just me or what, whatever, but when I went to him, I got all of the endgame quests at the same time, and it was a little oh. confusing to me of which to do first and what order to do them. And, you know, there's obviously a story progression. It's a story game. D&D is a story, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to not screw up the story, and that kind of threw me off a bit. So that, that part I find really frustrating. And the 40 billion currencies also is epically frustrating. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the sort of free-to-play aspect of this game, guys, right? Uh, I think, you know, when we talk about free-to-play, a lot of different things can come to mind. Mobile games, uh, games with a lot of microtransactions, that sort of thing. Uh, does this feel like a free-to-play game? Does it not? What makes it feel that way? What doesn't? And Alex Basso, let's start with you. Uh, I'd say, I mean, there are definitely some aspects of the game that feel free-to-play, but the most important aspect, which is leveling a class from 1 to 60, mm-hmm. you know, it isn't really content-blocked you know, or behind a paywall. Um, you can All the classes are unlocked from the start. Uh, you know, all the zones are unlocked. Um, so you can, you can choose your class, you can play them to the end and, you know, you can do it for free. Uh, there are some, you know, you know, extra features that do cost money. Like you, by base, you only have two spots for characters. So if, you know, you want to play more than one class or two classes, you're going to have to spend some money. Uh, I know in my character, he's a level 40 warrior or fighter. Uh, I'm having a lot of inventory problems. Uh, so, you know, to buy more bags, I need to spend money because I don't currently have enough you know, in-game currency to get the bags. Uh, and that can be, you know, it's a little frustrating, but all it just means is I spend maybe a minute or two more than another player micromanaging my inventory. Uh, you know, the most important parts, you know, are free, and that's great. It's great to just be able to pick up a game, play to the end, and not have to worry about money if you don't want to you know, spend extra. Gotcha, gotcha. Topher, you've been playing the game probably the longest out of anybody. What do you think about the free-to-play aspects of the game? I think I agree that you can, if you are a casual MMO player and the two slots isn't going to be an issue for you and you really want to go play a base class, then you can go all the way from the beginning to the end with little to no paywall issue. I think a lot of the pay 
wall stuff and stuff that I admit I've paid for are quality of life issues, bigger bag inventory, uh, bigger bank inventory. You, there's these boxes that drop in game, these chests that drop in game that you have to buy keys to unlock. Um, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's uh, companions and mounts and those kind of things that if you want a cooler mount and a cooler companion, then you can you know, spend Zen on those things. But also, almost everything that you can buy with Zen at some point will probably show up on the in-game auction house that you buy with the in-game currency of Astral Diamonds. But it's um, it's not cheap. It, it's you know, it's very expensive to buy that kind of you know, to buy the higher end stuff, the stuff that you could you know buy with the zen so i think truly it is free to play if you want if you in the sense that you can play right from the beginning to the end but a lot of quality of life stuff that you would normally get with a subscription is that's what you're not getting and that's what you're having to pay the money for in my mind gotcha and rudy you have the opposite perspective you're probably newest to the game out of everybody how does the free to play aspect feel at those lower and mid levels of the game I haven't really noticed anything at this point where I've been like, ah, oh, they're getting me. They're getting me. <laughs> they're making me pay for that. I haven't felt any of that. A lot of times um, with some MMOs, it's like, oh, you can only play so many PvP matches a day or you have to buy some pass. You can only do so many dungeons a day. Um, then you have to buy a pass. I haven't felt any of that, and it's great. Like, um, The reason I'm playing is because of the fun combat, and the reason I can keep playing it without any issues is because the fun combat is all free. Good on you, Neverwinter. Well, it sounds like the game is pretty cool overall, guys, and it is free to play and check out. And we're going to get into the Tyranny of Dragons update when we come back. But first, let's hear a word from NobleKnight.com! Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, even Saturday! is a brick-and-mortar game store. Support small businesses that also exists online. Open 24-7 on the web. They have D&D and other cool RPGs. Any edition, any game. Even out-of-print products. And at a discounted price. That's out of control. Have a bunch of old game products collecting dust? Dangerous allergens. Noble Knight will buy the old stuff you aren't using anymore. Looking at you, Indiana Jones RPG. So go to NobleKnight.com and get by it and sell it. Take back your lie and tell them the Tone Show sent you. And we're back. Guys, we want to get into the latest update to the Neverwinter MMO, the Tyranny of Dragons update. Topher, you have played through the storyline a little bit, and we get to hear a lot of the storyline currently being rolled out in our interview with Rob Overmeyer. But let's hear from you. What is the story like? Is it cool? Do you love it? I kind of dig it. Um, it's uh, The story's there. It doesn't feel like a bolt-on. That was my fear when they announced this, that they were going to try to bolt this on, because I don't know if we've touched on this, but the game is really set in the time of the fourth edition of the tabletop where Neverwinter is being, being rebuilt. The, the spell plague had happened. The mountain has exploded. So it's a little, you know, time has moved forward in the Forgotten Realms. So I was worried, and it didn't. It doesn't feel like a bolt-on. It feels cool. There's one dragon so far you can kill, and that's kind of cool. And it felt really epic the first time you go there and there's a large group of people and you start attacking the big green dragon. 
and you know take it down that's kind of was a ton of fun and you know the the uh, cult of the dragon is present and the harpers are there and you're helping the harpers out and it's well done it's um uh, i'm enjoying it so far i'm curious to see how it goes as we go forward and they roll out more of that content yeah it sounds like they've done a good job tying it into the tabletop storyline that you can play in the Adventurers League, that you can buy adventures for and play with your home group. I will be interested to see how it all ties in once they roll out everything, but fighting lots of dragons is never a bad thing. And I should state that the um, if you're playing in D&D Encounters currently at, at your local friendly gaming store, uh, like Titans Game and Comics in Smyrna, Georgia, <laughs> uh, you one of the magic items that comes inside of your um, faction packet mm-hmm has a code that gives you an in-game item in Neverwinter. Ah, so you should definitely check that out if you're playing Encounters, guys. That sounds really cool. So, the Scourge Warlock class, part of this Tyranny of Dragons update. Rudy and Alex, you have both played the class. What do you think of it? Is it a cool class? Are you having a good time playing it? Uh, What do you find are the strengths and weaknesses? And we'll start with you, Rudy. Sure, we should mention that Cryptic was very kind, and they provided us with a uh, booster pack specific to the the Warlock. So um, Alex and I had, I guess, uh, special equipment, you could say, going from level 1 to 17, which really enhanced our experience. Um, The best way to put it is Warlock is if you were to make a 4th edition Striker Warlock build, pure Striker, like pure damage dealing. Uh, you're here to go into a room and melt things with your abilities, your magical abilities. But at the same time, you have a lot of lifesteal, which means you're really kind of self-sufficient. You're not super dependent on a healer. You can get to the back and use your lifesteal ability and stay up during the fight. Um, it's a really fun class to play. It's fun to, and especially with the two of us, two warlocks, walk into a room, just kill everything in sight uh, within seconds and move on to the next room. It's fun to clear a room that way. So I, I'm really enjoying it. I like to play damage-dealing classes and MMOs. This certainly fits the bill, and uh, I give it a big thumbs up. Nice. Alex, do you find you are also having a fun time tearing through rooms as a Scourge Warlock? Oh, yeah. No, I definitely agree. Me and Rudy as a team are unstoppable, uh, and it feels great. Um, and along with, you know, like you said, you know, lifesteal, you also have abilities that can summon extra creatures to help you fight. And I mean, between that and our companions, we have like six or seven, we have like a whole group, just me and him, you know, fighting off orcs. And and it's awesome. It definitely feels great. Uh, And then, you know, even together, we've been doing a lot of PVP. Uh, We focus on targets. Uh, Stuff goes down very fast. Uh, We're undefeated at the moment. You don't have to brag. (laughs) Uh, We're pretty good. Uh, so it's a fun class and I mean, I definitely enjoy, uh, just doing max damage and that's what this class does. I I have a question for you. It sounds like there's a lot going on with the new Scourge Warlock. Is it, is it the tough learning curve? I mean, you talk about the curse and the summons and the beast and the lifesteal and that kind of thing. Is it, was it a tough learning curve for you guys? Uh, so the character itself, it does have the curse ability, uh, you know, like fourth edition warlock. You can put that on enemies. They take more damage. And it also, a lot of your abilities will then have an additional effect. Um, like, for example, you have one that does lifesteal, but if you 
do it on a target that's cursed, you also gain temporary hit points. And I'd say it's, you know, a lot of these benefits are kind of, um, you know, they're not the main focus of an ability. So if you're not someone who's really trying to get the maximum out of your character, you can still do really well. But if you really want to focus on, you know, getting the highest potential of your class, I think there is, you know, a little more room for like expert yeah. play and being in depth. Uh, yeah. And really you're rotating your rotation every time. It's like that. All right, guys. There's another part of this Tyranny of Dragons update that is quite large, and that is the Dragonborn are available as a playable race. And Topher, you have played around with the Dragonborn race, so let's talk about it. What did you like? What didn't you like? And how cool is the Breath Weapon? <laughs> the Breath Weapon rocked. It was um, a ton of fun. It was something that I uh, really, really dug. Now, I should say that when you play the... Um, if you want to play the Dragonborn, you're going to have to buy the Dragonborn pack. It's the only way to unlock that How playable race. Seventy four ninety nine. That wow. goes under my one of my issues with the game is the fact that the things like this. Wow. It, I, I I'd have no problem if I could just get the Dragonborn and pay five bucks, right? But at seventy five dollars now, you get the Dragonborn. You get the Heart of the Red Dragon artifact, which is what gives you your breath weapon. Um, and each character on the account can acquire the Heart of the Red Dragon from the Dragonborn Legend Pack. So in theory, you know, you don't have to be a Dragonborn to have a breath weapon. So you could be, you know, a half-elf breathing fire. <laughs> have um, a Dragon Horde, so you, you get a 30-slot bag, you get some, uh, some ceremonial garb, you get some, some other fashion pieces, you get uh, a ring of slaying, uh, an enchantment, some, a change race token, so if you want to take your current character and make it a Dragonborn, and you have another enchantment that helps you find gems better, and you get an extra character slot. Um, so you get a lot for your 75 bucks, but I would rather, I, I, I think that if this is an option, great. I would rather have an option for me to spend five bucks and just unlock the Dragonborn race. And give me the Dragonborn race and the breath weapon um, artifact and allow that to happen, you know. But that said, it was fun to play. It was fun to go out and um, be a non-elf dwarf human and you know breathe fire and... I think I will give it more time to play with it, uh, but I'm not. I think maybe I'm more of a traditionalist who likes the whole, um, you know, core D and D races of human, elf, dwarf kind of thing. Because how do you feel that the Neverwinter MMO is as a Dungeons and Dragons experience? Do you feel like it's a great way to translate this tabletop into an MMO, given the limitations of the MMO? Or do you think that there's more that could be done? And we will start with you, my man, Rudy Basso. If you were to approach someone and ask, or a team of designers and say, please convert 4th edition rule set to an MMO, they've done a really good job in terms of the powers with your at-wills, your encounters, which have a, a cooldown, and then your daily powers, which can only be used once every few fights. Um, I think that's great. I think at the end of the day, this is definitely an MMO. Your experience will be much different than playing Dungeons & Dragons. Um, you know, this I've never really been able to get into an MMO story. It always feels like fetch quests or just move to the next hub and do the thing. So for me, I would definitely say this is more of an MMO experience than a Dungeons & Dragons experience. What are your thoughts about that, Alex Basso? 
it's as good as a 4e conversion as you can get i am also you know over really I, I agree i think the powers translate well in that your at wills you can use anytime you got short cooldowns for encounters and your daily powers you need to charge up and you can use them you know once every couple of fights usually uh so i think that is perfect uh, i'm surprised that it translated so well um the experience itself, it's not really what I always kind of imagined D&D as. It feels like an action movie version of D&D. Uh, it's very fast-paced. Uh, characters are jumping all over. Clerics are teleporting 20 feet with the power of holy light. Uh, it's very, very different in that way. Um, but, I, and it also, you know, it's hard to replicate the Dungeon Master experience. But the game, you know, it gives it an attempt with their foundry system, which allows a player to create quests and uh you know have other people go on them you know that you can't directly interact while they're doing it but it's you know a way to to translate dungeon master you know play but it's you know at the end of the day as we said mmo it's a game it feels like an mmo more than it does feel like you know dungeons and dragons and Topher, how do you think the experience translates well i tend to agree with those two guys i think as a as a game with with the mmo with a dnd flavor and lore and feeling to it, I think it, it, it hits the mark. I feel like I'm playing in Neverwinter. I feel like I'm playing in the Forgotten Realms or with NPCs and such around me. And, so, and all the touchstones are there from that point of view. Um, when I first started playing Neverwinter, thing, the online options to play D&D, tabletop D&D with your friends, were very limited. So I think I was looking for, I don't know if you guys ever played the original Neverwinter Nights, but in that game there was a, there, there was a DM mode. So you yeah. could basically be a DM and, and set the game up and run it that way and interact as you go. And I was looking for that kind of experience, I think. And in that mind, it missed it missed completely. It's it's an MMO that has the the theme and the touchstones of D and D, but as a way to to play D and D, it's not it, it doesn't hit that at all. Yeah, and and that is one of the great aspects of Neverwinter Nights, right? Is is that DM tool set, build your own world, you could jump in, play monsters, that kind of thing. Um so and who knows, maybe we will see an MMO with that power sometime in the future. But in the meantime, guys, let's talk about the future with Rob Overmeyer, executive producer of the Neverwinter game. Uh let's roll the interview. Rolling we're really happy that you're uh, taking some time to talk to us. Um, if Absolutely. We, yeah, yeah. Let's just kick off the interview. Why don't you tell us your name and who you are? I am Rob Overmeyer. I'm the executive producer of Neverwinter. Nice. Thanks for being on the round <laughs> table today, Rob. Really appreciate it. What is the story of Tyranny of Dragons? Uh, within the Neverwinter game. So we know a little, we have an overview from the tabletop game, but how is it being yeah. handled within the Neverwinter MMO? Well, there's a, first of all, there's a couple things I want to uh, want to make sure that we're, so we're all on the same page. Um, the, uh, the Neverwinter and D&D are pretty much, uh, pretty much synced up, right? So D&D tabletop, Tyranny of Dragons, uh, and, and everything that's coming in, most recently is is basically we are lockstep as far as the major beats of the story. The differences there are in Neverwinter versus the tabletop is sort of the player's experience and how the pieces of that story unravel. We hit the major beats. There there are things that are happening in both of those places. But really what we want to make sure is that that experience for Tyranny of Dragons can can feels really the same very similar between uh, both of those those uh, those sort of 
avenues of experience the story. So what's happening in uh, so it's pretty similar. So if you know that story a little bit, what I'm going to say in a minute is, is going to sound probably pretty familiar. And if it's not, feel free to stop me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, this so, is great. Keep going. Keep going. There's the old cult of the dragon. Mm-hmm. And then there is now this new cult of the dragon that's 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 growing, and they're getting recruits, and there's they're they're getting a lot of different uh, a lot of different folks from a lot of different sort of backgrounds and origins to, to come and sort of help them with something. So what players experience in Tyranny of Dragons is sort of they experience the story much like an adventuring party would experience on the tabletop uh, of trying to figure out what's going on with this new cult. The story starts when you, you start talking to Harper, Harper Boward in, uh, uh, in Protector's Enclave and there's sort of this confusion and this is sort of how the story kind of unfolds as well on the tabletop is there's something's happening, there's this new cult, what's going on, why is there a new cult? Now the background for the new cult, if we can step aside just for a second, mm -hmm. is that there was basically there's this the marching orders for the cult of the dragon uh, and there's a book and there's this there's a there's a couple people that basically think that the old cult kind of misread a few of the passages in 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 this this book mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and so the old cult the old cult was definitely we all know the old cult was definitely about finding dragon bones raising dragon bones <laughs> dragon bones and an army of bone-filled dragon. <laughs> right? That was happening. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were doing all that stuff, and, and so that's what we know. We're like, oh, of course, right? Wherever you, you, know, wherever you see a, like a, the dragon boneyard, there's going to be some old cult, of the, or some cult of the dragon's going to be there trying to raise them and, and make an army, and they're going to take over the world. That was their thing. New cult, however, said, I think you read that wrong. I think it means destroy the world and unite the dragons and something about a much bigger dragon. <laughs> um, that may, may or may not have multiple heads. Now, I don't know. <laughs> right? That's a mystery. But there's something that the new cult is basically saying that old cult doesn't know what's going on. They misread it. We're, we're not supposed to be digging up bones. We're not supposed to be hanging out in graveyards. It's totally stinky. We're supposed to be getting a lot of people together, doing something bigger, and we have a, this bigger goal. And it's not about raising an, uh, a, a, a bony dragon army. Mm. So... There's a schism, and that's what really this, how the player first gets introduced to the Tyranny of Dragons story uh, uh, by the Harpers in uh, Protector's Enclave. They, they sort of start to mention there's this, there's this schism between old and new, and so we kind of tell that story a little bit, obviously, through action, since we've you know, we got an MMO going on. The players are running around the Never-Death Graveyard. Now, the players of Neverwinter obviously are familiar with the Cult of the Dragon and Never-Death, because the Cult of the Dragon is, is definitely all about like, going around and, and digging up bones and stuff, so... You experience them. You uh, talking to Harper Wendell in Never Death Graveyard, and uh, but all of a sudden there's we have the new the uh, new campaign for Tyranny of Dragon, and the new cultists are there as well. Now mm. while they are they have different beliefs, they don't necessarily have to fight. They can coexist, right? New cult is definitely you know like old coke. I'm sorry, cult. <laughs> <laughs> nice can definitely hang out, and people really dig that. They love hanging out in graveyards and like wearing purple outfits and stuff and all that stuff that's great mm -hmm. but we're going to do this other thing just don't get in our way and so but there is a clash when they come together and we tell that story a little bit by having both of those those critter groups around in the same area so that and they kind of kind of you know they stay separate but when they sort of wander in and meander into each other there's a fight and so we kind of tell the story a little bit like that as well so the story starts out for tyranny of dragons in neverwinter 
by the Harpers asking the players to figure out what's going on with this new cult and why, what's the emergence of this new cult. We know old cults there doing stuff. Now there's this new thing. After you talk to the Harpers, you get some more information. And the Harpers, of course, everybody who's a D&D and Neverwinter fan uh, <laughs> knows that the Harpers are, I like to think of them as the, peop- the group behind the scenes that are sort of turning the world in the direction they feel it should go. Yes. And, you know, they're kind of like, they're kind of like anti-heroes, right? Like, what they're doing, if you kind of think about it, it's kind of like the Rajal Ghoul sort of thing going on, right? Mm-hmm. Right like, on. We're, we were turning the world to do something that we think it should do. It's all good. We're not evil people. But if we've got to do some bad things along the way for the sake of goodness, we're going to, have, we're going to do that. So the Harpers, which have been very much in the background, um, have now stepped into the light and are saying, we need the adventurer's help. We need you to go on this quest something's going on here and along the way you sort of you help them out they get a little bit more information but all of those information sources that they could have tapped before aren't may aren't necessarily there the cult of the dragon is starting to sort of spread around and get bigger and bigger and so it's it's getting a little more scary than uh, maybe they can handle so then the player actually has to go through and they 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 progress through the storyline of tyranny of dragons helping out multiple factions order the gauntlet uh the emerald enclave even up to the zentarum Wow, um, which is which is pretty weird, right? So, D and D fans are like, "Wait a minute, I'm not going to help them. They are definitely on the dark spectrum of good evil, right?" Oh uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. So, and and what is going to get? I mean, Order of the Gauntlet help like working with Zintarum? Like, what's that all about? Um, Harpers definitely wouldn't normally do this. So, there's these things that are happening. So, something big must be happening. So the first part of the story of Tyranny of Dragons this is what we're talking about, which was just released in our most recent uh, module, Tyranny of Dragons, is, is taking the player through that story, figuring out what's going on. The cult, this new cult is around. They're working with dragons, which is crazy. How are they convincing dragons to come and help them do these things? Um, and then finally, you sort of you work up to a point where you, you, get, to, uh, you get to working with Zintarum, uh, and, and, and they're kind of apologetic a little bit, right? They're like, okay, so I totally get it. We're really evil. I mean, pretty <laughs> evil. Or we were, but there's some big, there's some heavy stuff happening and uh, we kind of, we, we're not like that anymore. Yeah. But this isn't, this shouldn't be new to the players of Neverwinter because we actually had the same thing um, with the Arcane Brotherhood in uh, Curse of Icewind Dale. Mm, yes. You actually, right, you, you allied with the, the Arcane Brotherhood and the first thing the Arcane Brotherhood says is what? No, totally. We're not evil. <laughs> I know our car castle's totally evil, and he's up in that mountain, and we're kind of, he's kind of still part of the crew. Uh, but we're not evil. Yep. And so you're like, you're like, I don't know. You pr- you might be. Okay. Well, okay. We're gonna. Do- you you're saying that you want to help out, and so this sort of theme continues. Like, okay, well, you know, you guys might be good. Obviously, there's something scary and something big going on that you guys are all getting together, which is just crazy. Mm-hmm. So. So the player is learning about these things that go along. So it's a, it's a pretty cool uh, experience. I'm giving away a lot, obviously, in the storyline. Uh, so the story progresses. Basically, you go through and you get back into Icewind. Um, and you learn a little bit more about the story. And you find out that um, a guy named uh, Severin um, is basically up to some serious no good. But you still don't know what's happening. It's still an adventure, still an exploration, still some detective work happening here. We've got to keep going to figure out what's happening. Um, and the players, I won't give away too much of what the players find out as they go through the quests all the way uh, from they start the campaign. 
But they basically find out that there's some badness happening and they got to try to stop it. So they get to a point where they finally go up to, uh, they, uh, they get to this big, huge dungeon. It's a totally awesome dungeon. And, uh, and Severin's in there talking to a giant red dragon mm-hmm. on this island that nobody's heard of. Nice. So, um, right, and it's this, but, but people, especially the, uh, especially the, the factions that are on um, uh, the Sword Coast know and uh, they they know of these uh, the, the the sort of the people that live there. They're like we've seen these guys before. In fact, these guys they were like for just hundreds of years they would just do raiding parties all up and down the coast, and they, you know they would just burn villages, take everything, and just disappear, and nobody knew where they went. And so it turns out that there's these barbarians that are up there, sort of like worshiping these these three red dragons up in this volcano on this island. The wow. island is called Turn. Um, and so the, the adventurers, you know, the players that go through and they're, they're figuring it out. Um, and, they, uh, and they sort of the very end of the sort of the adventure and, and the module uh, for the players for this first part. And we'll go into that there are multiple parts for this, uh, this storyline in a oh, bit. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, and don't give away too much. You don't have to give away too much. So. No, no, no. I'm only going to give away what's live right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they get in there and, and there's some interesting things happen where there's a person talking to a dragon and that dragon's listening to them and the other two the two other brothers there's three brothers that live in this uh this in this dungeon the other two brothers are gone and so one of the really cool things and this is sort of a geeky thing and 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 probably hopefully that you know the the really you know our really serious D D fans will kind of be you know have a big question about is how what could possibly a human say to a dragon to have it leave its loot Right, like, <laughs> just leave the horde, and have two red dragons leave their horde with their brother. Like that's <laughs> something must be happening. Like dragons, they will do anything for the horde, right? Oh, sure. That's what they live for. Yeah, so it's man. like something is making, or, or you know, something is 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 inviting these dragons to go to leave their their most treasured possessions, treasure. <laughs> and uh, and that's that is that is very as it, as you know a fan of the story and the D and D and of dragons and, and how all that works. That's amazing that we get to a point you're like oh my gosh this guy's telling dragons to bail and they listen what's happening and that's sort of where we leave it. Um, and uh, you know there's there's a little bit of follow up there and, and some of the stories revealed and there's sort of a cliffhanger. Uh, but then we're going to continue to tell the story and I'll, I'll be a little bit vague in the sort of details. But that the tyranny, But what I will say is the tyranny of dragons story that the players experience in Neverwinter will uh, will continue over the rest of the year, and we'll have another update and an events and stuff, as well as go through sort of uh, player engagement and social stuff. It's it's really cool what we're doing. It's not like you know one zone with a bunch of stuff with a bunch of digestible things in it, and when you get all the stuff, you're done. It's a, it's the tyranny of dragons are happening all over the place. Uh, we have a really cool event coming up, and it's not about just going and fighting a dragon. It's about that there's dragons doing things in multiple locations. And so how that plays out in the game right now, in what we, uh, our recent module that we released, uh, is that the player goes through a, a bunch of zones that are already established in the game, and there's new areas, big, huge areas of new content, uh, as well as these heroic encounters where, uh, where players are going to fight dragons. And a lot of times, in a lot of instances, 
Uh, this is going to be the first time that players fight dragons because it's unlike our, our previous content, our, our sort of module updates, they've been end game content. This content starts at level 26, so you get introduced to the campaign and the story of, and what's happening with Tyranny of Dragons uh, sooner than you ever have with any of our other campaign stuff uh, previously. And that you sort of you keep learning bits and bits, bits and pieces of that story as you're playing in those zones, and then you get to see that stuff happening and, uh, and fighting dragons, and then finding out why dragons are helping the cult and, wow. and what they're sort of up to. That sounds so awesome. It's, really, it's a big story. It's going to take place and be told over uh, you know, uh, two updates and events and, and a couple other things. Um, but that's basically where we're at. Now, I think we, there is no release of what the end of, the, of Tyranny of Dragons is. I don't think that's out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's not. And, uh, but we're currently working on that, and, it's, and we're really excited about being able to tell the rest of that story. Um, and some of the really cool things that, that we get to sort of experience when we, we sort of dev these things is that, is that we're, like, we, we're locked so tight with what Watsi's doing with Wizards of the Coast. Um, we have like weekly calls. We totally get to we talk business, but we always like we get to you know geek out and talk about like hey, what about and what if and how about and we sort of there's a collaboration back and forth. So we've been planning for this for quite some time. We like you know a year ago we were talking about these sort of things, and we were setting up these kind of over these modules and, and kind of starting in Icewind Dale. These sort of like things that are happening in the world that are weird and different. People are trying to get more power for some weird reason. There's these people in the background. Um, the Harpers coming out of, uh, out, out of the shadows, uh, and then even going forward, these, these sort of, what, what do we do going forward where we have these factions that have been very, very disparate and, and didn't really hang out much coming together, and what does that mean going forward? There's a lot of really cool things that, that we can do with that. But the core experience of Tyranny of Dragons that, you, that, that fans of D&D will play with their friends, uh, we're going to hit those same beats. You're going to fight dragons, you're going to you know, eventually finish the story, and there's going to be some major beats there. But the path you take and the sort of the different stories are going to be a little bit different. I think that's one of the really cool things. We're pretty close, but imagine it's, it's sort of depending on, you know, what DM you're hanging out with that day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you might, you might go down a cave and fight a, find a dragon one day, and then, you know, you hang out with a different friend, and you're, and you're playing another, uh, another game, and you might, you know, you might be on top of uh, now or something and, uh, and, and killing red dragons or something. So... Um, we have that difference between uh, between the, the tabletop and and uh, and Neverwinter on on PC. So uh, I think that's one of the coolest things we have is that it we hit those major beats, but it feels like D and D. It is D and D, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's Ooh, awesome. That was a lot. That's awesome. <laughs> that was nah, man. You give great podcast. Thank you very much. Right on, man. <laughs> so yeah. I um, am a, a longtime player. I played shortly after the game launched. Um, big fan yeah. of the MMO. Um, and so from my, and by the way, you're dead right. As a D and D player, one of my favorite things about the game is running into NPCs and situations that I've either encountered through playing D and D or reading the novels, and that ties it all together. I think it's such a great feature of the game. But my question for you guys is: is that with the new module that just came out, which I just started playing, um, what features can can a player expect? I know you guys made a there's a dragonborn race now you can have, and what yep. else are we can we expect new? Top of the list. Killing dragon? No, we already covered that. <laughs> There's a lot of dragons everywhere. There's a new campaign. There's a new absolutely free class. The Scourge Warlock totally rocks. A lot of fun to play. Had a great time working with uh, with Watsi on sort of 
what warlocks were turning into. We talked about a long time ago. Like, hey, you're coming out with a new book. What are warlocks in your new book? And they're like, they're like this. And we're like, that's amazing. That fits perfectly with what we were thinking. Um, so uh, a lot of really cool, uh, uh, really cool new loot and gear. We've got. Uh, we're adding uh, a couple new pieces of gear. Artifact weapons is something that's going to be the the sort of the the big sort of end cap uh, uh, item that you're going to be going for in the dungeon and stuff. Uh, so these are items that, that are super powerful and that you can level up, and, and, and they're awesome. Uh, but mainly it's, it's the, you know, the, the Dragonborn coming in, uh, the Scourge Warlock, the, the really cool campaign that this Tyranny of Dragons story that's going to be told over uh, you know, uh, multiple updates and events and with cool social things. Um, but those are really the big sort of key, sort of back-of-the-box things that we got. There's a ton of other stuff we did. Um, if you're a longtime player and you were playing the Guardian Fighter, um, uh, I bet when you get in and, uh, and you check out what we did for the Guardian Fighter, you'd be really, really happy. Um, I, I don't play a Guardian Fighter as my main, but my, uh, uh, we definitely we have regular game sessions here at work, and I play nice. on live all the time. And, uh, and grouping with Guardian Fighters is awesome now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into a dungeon without one. Uh, they bring is, is amazing. Um, uh, definitely just... So, so the things we did for class balance and things, listening to our players, they've been giving us great feedback. We got these changes in for classes. We had them on our preview server for a really long time. They're like, no, 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 not good enough. No, 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 too much. Like really honest and open with us. So that sort of collaboration back and forth with our fans, our biggest enthusiasts that we have. Um, to get those classes, you know, feeling better and doing uh, doing right by uh, by our, our guardian fighters, uh, um, and even in touching the control wizard, right? Got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, players feeling like they they, you know, maybe they didn't need to be invited to a dungeon because you just had you know two control wizards. Um, so we looked at those things. We listened to the feedback and 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 you know did some uh, you know uh, adjustments in the powers and the curves and all those things that are all sort of you know in spreadsheets and numbers. Um, so there's uh, so some class stuff that we've done there, uh, and it all feels really good. I definitely uh, and some great weapon fighter. I main a control wizard and a great weapon fighter, and um, I think I still feel really great. Um, and I, uh, you know, to be honest, I don't mind dominating, and I don't <laughs> mind not dominating in <laughs> PvP as much as I did before. Of course, uh, uh-huh. I did not. I did not spam roar just in case any players are listening. <laughs> That's yeah. important. That's important because if you're cheating, then everybody else is going to feel like they can spam roar. So D&D has talked about, right, they're focusing on the story now. And obviously there's a lot of story happening in Neverwinter. Every time the guys at Wizards of the Coast roll out a new story for the tabletop game, is there going to be a new storyline entering Neverwinter? And if so, are there going to be like as many feature and mechanical updates as we've seen with Tyranny of Dragons? Yeah, I think we're going to continue doing some pretty cool stuff, and we've got definitely a lot of really cool stuff on the horizons, none of which I could talk about right now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Hey, you just hit me up hit me up again, and we'll talk about them. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, we, um, we're, like, we are so lucky. Um, the whole dev team here and the company, Large Cryptic Studios, we're, we're a bunch of gamers, game fans. Uh, we, you know, we're playing... We have D and D. We play Magic. We play tabletop games. We've got all kinds of leagues, um, and, and so just being able to hang out and and make Neverwinter is probably reward enough. But then to be able to sit down and hang out with the world builders and the designers at Watsi, uh, it, it's just it's just the the just the tops. I mean, it's the best that we can 
we could have ever hoped for. And so when we, when we sit down and we have, we actually sit down regularly. Uh, we have weekly meetings where we talk about sort of, you know, the little, the ins and outs and getting approvals and stuff. Um, but we have these really big meetings where we talk about, hey, what are the stories that are coming up? Like, what's next year? What's after that? What are you guys thinking? Where are we going with these things? And, uh, and those things we get, uh, we talk about, like I said, really early. Um, but we also talk about how we can integrate uh, and sort of and, and sort of work together to get those you know those really cool stories in game. So I think what we'll see going forward is is uh, is really cool storytelling uh, in Neverwinter, just like we're seeing in in, uh, in the tabletop. And and I'm sure you know I'm sure there's going to be a ton of stuff coming out surrounding Tyranny of Dragons and continue to come out from from Watsi. Um, and we're not going to we are going to we are going to pick some of those stories. Right? It's not everything. We don't need to cover everything. It's not everything that is released by us or them needs to be cross-referenced and all that stuff. Um, but there's definitely things that we want to hit. Tyranny of Dragons is huge, and it's so cool. And just for the chance to do some of the things that, that players are going to do in the tabletop, we're just like, you got to let us do that. <laughs> uh, so, and, and they're very, they're like very willing to, to like let us run with some stuff which is so cool um, and then they have some other stories that are coming out and we're like that's cool that's cool yeah but, oh that'll be a perfect time where we can do X, Y, or Z and oh maybe we'll have a system that, that comes out and then, oh we can riff off that a little bit and oh that person's coming up oh do you mind if we actually have just a one off thing because you're adding that person that'd be great um, and so there's a little bit of those so I think there's going to be you know uh, a, lot, a lot more storytelling and, and cool storytelling uh, that sort of ties into the releases that Watsi has um, and as far as systems goes, it's obviously things that make sense for the game, first of all. Um, but uh, we definitely have systems that we plan on releasing and really cool things that are going to add a, a lot of really cool stuff to the game. That's a little bit generic, but uh, at the same time, I, uh, I hope it covers what you're asking. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, by all means. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who recently killed a green dragon, uh, thank you very bah! much for that. <laughs> <laughs> the Neverwinter game as it is now, the mechanics and the classes and such are based around 4th yep. edition. Is yes. there any inkling of updating that for how the, anything new in 5th edition, the classes or the, or the powers and such? Yeah, yeah. So um, when we sat down and we kind of talked about this a while back, and I think our goal is to, as long as it feels D&D, like we don't, we don't need to update. There's no call for us to say, "Hey, that's not in this thing. You got to change that mechanic, or that's not a thing anymore. We changed it. That needs to change. We just need to be the same." It's really about the game, the feeling, the fun, and having it be D and D. It isn't about right. It's twelve damage versus thirteen damage. It isn't, uh, you know, you know, you the the starting stats of this uh, of this race are these, or that class is this, and. Uh, it's more about getting in and having fun. So hitting those big story beats, the big things that feel D and D. Definitely, that is. That's not to say that that all of those very very small bits, those fiddly bits, I guess I call them, you know, character creation, aren't very D and D because they are and they are important. Um, but we don't need to go back and retcon the game and all the stuff because of these changes, uh, because it really doesn't change the fact that that Neverwinter is fun and we're having a really cool story. And the Scourge Warlock feels great, and eh, it's not exactly the same as maybe a book someplace, but it feels good, and we talked about it, and we all played it, and we all like it. Really, so it's, we, we approach, when we come to the table, it's not really coming to the table. When we approach a situation, it's really about, on a high level, is, is it D&D? Does it feel D&D? Is it fun? Great, let's go from there. It isn't about, mm, we changed something, so here the, here's the list. 
Um, and, and so on the high level, that's, that's where we're at. But again, it's a partnership. And so if something comes up, we talk about it. Nice. Nice, man. Well, I think that's a great call because the game you have it feels great. And like you said, it's all more about story, you know, making it feel like D&D. Uh, yeah. Exactly. One of the things, though, uh, to mention, though, one of the things that we did do, because we talk about things coming up so far in advance, we actually did sit back and, and really kick around what a warlock was. And so our warlock is not, uh, I'll say, 4, 4E warlock. Um, and I don't really consider what WotC has now, what D&D is now. I, I, I kind of don't want to put it in the frame of 5E or whatever, like what edition it is. But we definitely sat down and we're like, hey, what's a warlock? What are you guys thinking about a warlock? And so it happened to be when they were thinking about that right at that time. So we got to talk to those, you know, to the team, talk about how a warlock acts and what they're going to do and what, what are the starting stats. And we went over everything. But the cool thing was it was so far in advance, we were like, oh, well, we don't have to change anything because this is something that we're adding new to the game. So we, it is kind of, you know, if we had to say it's the new stuff or the 5e stuff, it is. So we did kind of change that. But it wasn't something that was in the game that we had to change. It was this opportunity to say, oh, you changed some stuff? Oh, we want to make some of that stuff that's like that. Hey, let's just do that now. And that's sort of where, uh, where that uh, came from and arrived at. Nice. Do you guys have uh, any thoughts on tying the game into novels or having novels based on the experience within the game? Oh, man. If there was novels based on the game, that would be so awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm sure, like, plenty of the designers here, like, or if, like, the environment art or character art, like, got into some official stuff. Oh, man. That would be so... That'd be... Well, one, bragging rights. But uh, <laughs> um, that'd feel so cool for uh, us on the dev team. Um, I would... T- I mean, uh, if you're asking me if I think it would be cool to have books based on the stuff that we made in Neverwinter, absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but... Uh, for stuff that, uh, um, for us having things that are going to be in books or in modules and stuff, I think all of that stuff's, uh, we're open to all that stuff. There's some really cool stories uh, uh, that we can tell and a lot of cool stuff uh, that's happening even in Tyranny of Dragons. Uh, and I know a little bit more than, you know, I guess most because, you know, I get to see some of that stuff. So there's a lot of really cool things. And, there's, it's, uh, and we're really excited about all of the possibilities in the future. Nice. I got nice. I got to soft, I got to softball that to you guys. Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> That's good. That's good. With that in mind, the Gale Force Nine announced with the announcement for Gen Con that one of their mini sets, their top tier sets, is going to be um, characters from the Neverwood MMO. I'm really excited about having my own little, you know, Sergeant Knox sitting on my desk. Yeah. Uh, is there more for that? Are you guys looking at more of those kind of tie-ins where there's physical things that players can have, whether it's for tabletop, you know, tying to my Indian encounters, or I can put on my desk, or that that, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think um, uh, there's some definitely some some really cool opportunity. I'm gonna softball this for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's okay. But That's yeah, okay. I, I think we're open to everything. We um we make we are lucky to be able to make Neverwinter the game, and we have a lot of passion for it. Um, and we are definitely you know open to if you know if if uh Watsi is like hey we really like this stuff and we're going to partner with some folks and we're going to make some stuff right that's just bragging rights for us so we're open to anything like that um so i don't know exactly what the what the what all the plans are going forward um but as as a fan as you know as a gamer and uh, definitely as a developer uh 
any anything like that, and the and the more of that 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 uh, is out there, uh, the cooler sort of for us and the team to see that that our work uh, is getting out there uh, more and more. So uh, that's sort of all that. <laughs> so uh, where can people go if they want to find out more about Neverwinter? Well, definitely uh, they can go to the. Uh, well, I don't know the site. Arc Games or uh, PlayNeverWinter.com. I think that's our old link that probably that uh, sends people over to uh, to Arc, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and or just search Neverwinter. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and we'll link you guys um, up in the but, uh, show notes for sure. But yeah, there's a ton of really cool stuff. A lot of cool things that I think fans of D and D are going to really like with Journey of Dragons, and especially fans that are playing uh, TOD on tabletop and then hopping in. And there's going to be that connection. I think uh, it's not exact, right? But that's not what we're going for. It's, it's, but if you've got a bunch of friends that are hanging out and playing uh, tabletops, and then you know, if you want to hop over and check out what we got going on in Neverwinter um, and hop into Tyranny of Dragons, uh, I bet you're, you're going to have a lot of fun experiences just like you're having at the table. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for creating this wonderful thing for us. And, and it sounds like you guys are pouring your heart and soul into it. So, uh, so guys, check it out. It's free. What are you waiting for? And uh, yeah. Rob, <laughs> thank you very much for being on the roundtable today. Thanks, yeah, I mean, thanks for having me. It was a, it was a blast. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the roundtable. Rudy Basso, where can people find you? Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at Rudy Basso, R-U-D-Y-B-A-S-S-O. Thanks. You're cool. You know who else is cool, Rudy? Topher Cohen, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on the Twitters also, at Topher ATL. That's T-O-P-H-E-R-A-T-L. And they also find me on the Google Plus at the same place. And Alex Basso, coolest guy around, can't be found. Too oh. cool for the internet. Way too cool for the internet. And guys, if you have a question or topic you'd like to hear us discuss on the roundtable, reach out to me on Twitter at James Intercasso. That's at J-A-M-E-S-I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. Or leave us a comment on the Tome Show's website, thetomeshow.com. And a quick shameless plug, check out my blog, which is all about Exploration Age. It's the fifth edition campaign setting I'm building. It's at worldbuilderblog.me. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening, and thanks to Rudy, Alex, and Topher. Also, many thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tome Show lineup. Our theme music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Keep on rolling, and keep on listening to The Roundtable. Table.